0: Hello and welcome back to the latest Think Business podcast powered by Bank of Ireland. Some 5.5 million has been invested in the Future Mobility Campus Ireland base in Shannon, which is the country's first full-scale development centre and testbed for mobility technologies. CEO Russell Vickers talks about how the research at the campus will put Ireland in the driving seat for the next revolution in mobility. I'm joined here today by Russell Vickers from the Shannon-based Future Mobility Campus, Ireland. 5.5 million has been invested in it so far. It's the country's first full-scale development centre and testbed for mobility technologies. You're very welcome, Russell thanks very much thanks for having me John nice to be here now I was just saying to you before this is I see this podcast conversation as an extension of a conversation we and you had about two years ago at the time you were working with Jaguar Land Rover in Shannon and I'd come down for the day and uh, we talked about the future, we saw lots of future concepts in terms of, at the time I think uh, Land Rover were about to bring out the new Defender and I was keen to have a look and all that kind of thing. You know, but mostly what we were sparked about was I was thinking about how easy it was for me to, to, to reach you guys in the Shannon free zone right off the motorways and we talked about how Ireland's road infrastructure could really make Ireland a living testbed for future mobility when you think about autonomous vehicles, even even near term cars festooned with more and more sensors than they currently even have today. The other thing then as well is the is is is, is just what's coming in terms of mobility. When we think about mobility we, we usually think of cars but so much has happened in terms of drones, on vehicles, and I'm particularly excited about these new electric vertical takeoff and landing aircraft. I would just love to no longer have to sit in a car and travel into Dublin or any city if one of these would just land outside my house and pick me up like a drone and drive me off to wherever I need to go and half the time a journey. So all of that's possible. But tell, tell us about the origins of the future mobility campus, Ireland, because we're at a very interesting juxtaposition in time. As I said, electric autonomous vehicles are coming. Some of them are arguably already here. We think of some of the capabilities of the latest Tesla cars. Um, we are about to see the onset of uh, scooters, public scooters, arrive in Dublin and um, various cities around Ireland. Um, so mobility as we knew it, it's not just walking, getting on a bus, getting in a car. It's going to be a whole lot of other things too.
1: Yeah, definitely. And I think that's partly, there's you know, there's two reasons why we're kind of doing what we're doing. One is what's kind of happening for the general public, in terms of you know these new services that are coming along and how how we travel between all these different modes of transport, and then the other piece of it is that you can imagine you know the amount of technology and you know software and things like that that are going into these systems now are really is where Ireland really has a pl- part to play in all this because we're such a tech-led country. Um, at least, you know, across Europe and the world, I would say, and then that's that. That part of the reason why Jaguar Land Rover established in Ireland was to get access to some of the best software developers across the planet, essentially. So that kind of created the opportunity to get brands in like like a Jaguar Land Rover. And you know, there was a when you look at the the ecosystem that that exists to support mobility, and it's all around data. And, we manage these systems and all this type of stuff. There's a lot of companies in Ireland that are already playing in this space. So that was when we realized that, and that's when we said, okay, let's try and create a, Let's get some funding to create this ecosystem, and that was when we met you. Yeah, the two years ago, just just before COVID hit, and we just had our, our funding awarded, but we hadn't started. So now we're two years later, a lot greater, but we've we've kind of completed at least the first part of this.
0: And that, that's the thing. Like most people in Ireland, like I would say, first of all, when they think of Ireland, like we don't, we don't, we we're not, we do not we are not we are not like one of those countries. Like say, France has Citroën or Germany has Audi and uh, BMW and Mercedes. We don't have any national car brand but we if you, if you delve deep enough our role in car manufacturing in the 20th century was immense work with Ford and Cork uh, there were actually a number of actual Irish made cars throughout the 20s 30s 40s 50s and 60s and but then again if you look at today 2022 uh if you were to try and gather up how much stuff is really happening here in terms of mobility, uh, there's a lot going on. Avalon are doing stuff with um, future future kind of aircraft. Uh, Intel has Mobileye. Um, we've got companies like Cubic Telecom here. Uh, and, of course, what you guys are doing there, there's Jaguar and Rover, as you mentioned. Um, could Ireland be a powerhouse for for, for for vehicle technology or transport technology into the future?
1: Definitely. Um, it's it kind of, you know, these systems now are about, you know, they're they're basically it's 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 a box whether it's for flying in the air or you know traveling on the road um, and that's not to disparage the designs but essentially it's it's a it's a mechanical box when it's been driven by software and that's 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 really where Ireland can play into this and that's really what what you're seeing happening and um, I think that's where the opportunities are and and as you said like you know yeah well, I think I remember. You know it was like Ford in the 80s was the kind of last big manufacturer in Ireland and then we have we have we have General Motors that are based here in Limerick actually so the guys they are working on a lot of data analytics stuff and then obviously Jaguar Land Rover and then we've like tier ones like Valeo as well that are that are based up in june so all these there's a lot of different pieces that were here as well as like I like Muragon that are based based in Westmead and you know they', they they've, they've always ex, they've existed here to some extent. But it was just about that the opportunity is now coming up. And the opportunity is starting to arise, I think, because there's a lot of new players coming up. You know, there's a lot of new car companies that have actually been born into existence in the last five, 10 years. There's a whole load of new tall guys that are coming on the stream. It's not just, it's not just the Airbus and Boeing of these, it's all these new companies you've never heard of. And it's very much like in the early days of automotive a hundred years ago when you'd like, you know, all of these different people setting up these new car companies and really disrupting what was happening in terms of transport, that's now happening again
0: because yeah, that's the thing like, I mean I've been I'm a, I'm, a, I'm, a geek uh, I'll always be a geek and I'll, I'll always be looking at YouTube videos of people flying in drones and things latest late thing is is, is is what you call the, e, the eVTOL electric vertical takeoff and landing aircraft and you know if you think of today's car as basically a laptop with wheels um, and then you think about drones but these things can carry people and you know the idea the idea of even vehicle ownership will be challenged into the future Maybe, maybe, maybe we won't own a car per se maybe we'll have a subscription to a manufacturer who knows how it'll work but the the capabilities and the ways of getting around are going to change. Te- tell us about some of the things that the Future Mobility Campus is already working on and, and also, I suppose, what your thoughts are on, on eVTOL, like, in terms of, as I said, I would love to have something drop down in front of my house and take me to work or something or, get you know, cut my, my commute time. But then again, you've got other companies like Mano Era who are kind of looking at how food and, you know, pharmaceuticals can be delivered to individuals using, using drones as well.
1: Yeah, so... The exciting thing is I think nobody knows where it's going to end up in the next five, 10 years, but there's, there's, there's a lot of exciting things happening at this. So I suppose the initial idea of what we wanted to create was a physical place where people could come and test and design these products. So initially, you know, based on where we were coming from, it was a base around the the vehicle, about the car. And, but then as we started to build out FMCI and we started looking at things of supporting like micro mobility. So as you said there's legislation happening on e-scooters but mm. you know with with e-scooters they're they're actually a great way for people to travel around cities but then how much of how much standardization has been done on these how fast can you go mm. how you know how safe how, how safe are they and and the mo- most of the industry players want to you know they they want this to be a safe and secure industry if they don't so there's a whole lot of work to be done on that though so that's part of what we can provide at our facility. We have a testing area for that. We have a testing area just even to test like things like autonomy and the cars, but it's not even just about autonomy. It's also about safety systems. Like autonomy is what everyone, you know, the geek side of us always think of self-driving cars, you know, self-flying yep. <laughs> uh, air, air, air taxis and stuff like that. But a lot of it is, is, is more, is more, um, it's a bit more boring and it's about really like it's, well, it's, it's about things like saving lives and things mm. like that and, and developing these systems where the vehicles, we, you know, why, why do we tolerate so many road deaths a year mm. um, and just kind of are blase about it in a way, except when the tragedy hits a, a family, unfortunately, but, you know, we should be doing more about this and the technology is there and that's really, you know, what we should be pushing forward. So we, for example, we, we, we were working on with the, you know, helping to like, the, on the legislation side, we want to see a, a, autonomy allowed from a testing point of view in Ireland, and that's part of that Road Traffic Act bill mm. actually, with the same piece of the e-scooter. So there's a whole lot of interesting things that are coming that are really ripping up, or not ripping up, but really changing how we've defined how we move people and goods uh, in Ireland for a long time. And this this is the cuspid, and uh, and then and then you see like what um you know something come up like with with mana with with those guys and you know that they're, they're like leading this across the globe in terms of what they're doing in terms of the services they're providing and and yet as a society we have to kind of figure out how we're happy for that to happen and how we integrate with that and the services and how all of that maps in together and then you're starting to see things like air taxis which is another another step beyond that which is something that we're really excited about too
0: because that thing about Ireland is that I mean the, our discussion there two years ago was the possibility of having Ireland as a living test lab almost. I mean obviously people will feel strongly about that. I don't want to kind of crash into an autonomous vehicle that's being tested, uh, you know. But at the same time, you know if you're doing things to the highest standards and you're being as safe as you can and you know you've 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 uh, you know you've got the legislation right, you know there's no reason why these can't these things can't be done in a, in a really good way. The interesting thing about Ireland when you look at our motor motor networks um, across the country. You, they can be busy or they can depends on time of day all that kind of stuff but you look at things like future trucking for example like if you want to ship goods you know I've heard all kinds of concepts of like why why aren't why aren't, why isn't more be done maybe with trucks to kind of make them turn them into kind of like almost like freight trains that work in kind of systems and actually maybe maybe when we're all asleep at night instead of being on the roads that there are times of day that that the, the trucks could really do their work on these motorways, for example. So, in terms of how much latitude do you hope to have when it comes to, say, as I said, you guys are strategically located right beside a motorway that connects with all the major road arteries of Ireland. Um, You know, what, what latitude do you guys have to kind of really test things out, like the autonomous cars and trucks?
1: Yeah, I, I, so, like, I think the first thing about all of that is that you know, whether we as a country are, whether you're happy with the idea of, of, you know, all of this stuff being tested around this, these technologies are coming for, 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 you could say for good or for bad, but they're coming, they're getting developed across the globe and they're, they're getting integrated into vehicles for safety systems and all these type of things. So we should, we should try and play an active role in in how we, you know, how we define, get these systems incorporated into our, into our systems So, so from that point of view, then, you know, we have, we feel that in, in Ireland, we have a lot of great capabilities for this in terms of, like you said, the motorway networks, but then we have things part of our infrastructure that's not so great, right? So we know like, you know, narrow roads and mm. especially around West Clare, we have some challenging conditions, even climate as well, yeah. you know, sideways rain, all of this type of stuff. But it, these are the, it, it, it's not that... You necessarily have to put autonomy everywhere on these systems because, to be honest, that's a really difficult thing to do. It's more about understanding where does it work, where does the business case stack up, where does it make people's lives better, and things like you were talking about there with, say, tr- truck platooning. What you know, we we know about the shortages of labor across the globe, and it's it's more acute maybe in in other countries than than here. But like you know, there's there's going to be a shortage of truck drivers in the U.S., for example. So how do you then? you know, get rid of that piece, you know, if you can basically safely transport a train of 10 trucks across the road during the night and they're kind of driven maybe by one lead driver or whatever it is, why that, that will happen because it's just the efficiencies of the system. And then you can allow the humans to to take over when they need to take over and, and add more value. So that's, it's, it's, a lot of this, I think, is is going to be driven by the the geeky bit that 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 you know we gravitate towards. But oh, that's that's super cool. That it always get that that either win that that wins or it doesn't win based on the business case and you know how it makes people's lives better. If people will pay for these services, services or not, essentially, and that's. That's kind of what we're hoping to prove out with sort of some of the capabilities that we have here, or allow our customers to do that at least.
0: Because you guys are working with the who's who of, of different people in technology: got Jaguar Land Rover, Cisco, Valeo, Seagate, Red Hat, Towglass, got uh, some other Irish company, uh, General Motors. Pi Piper, uh, Cal Aerospace, Avtrain—it's a who's who. But in terms of like the economic impact that you see the um, Future Mobility Center having, in terms of like, you know, maybe startups starting to merge or turning turning research into businesses, or you know, being actual uh, a magnet for for investment by you know maybe other companies other than Jaguar Land Rover that might want to say, well, they done great things down there, can maybe we should we should locate there too.
1: Yeah, I, I mean that's to be honest, that's that's the reason why we received our funding from the Department of, of Enterprise, um, essentially because it's you know and and from Enterprise Ireland because they see the the upside of these type of projects and what they can bring. And you do need you do de- you do need to invest in these type of projects and this type of infrastructure because it's, it very much is a if you build it they will come type thing. And you know by having by having that ecosystem. Here, it just really allows companies, and especially startups as well. Because, for example, you know, we some of the, the support we get from some of the larger companies allows us to to have these products. Then that, that smaller companies, even like one man, two person startups, they can basically you know build off those and understand how to integrate in with bigger partners as well as show the wares off. So I kind of see us as a bit as a sort of this neutral ground where companies can work together without heavy commitments in terms of. Oh, we have to try and get some funding from this guy to do this to do that. We're trying to be to remove some of those barriers, and that's that's really key for all this. Because if you make it too difficult, people just won't do it.
0: And are there already, like I won't say barriers, but you know how well are you working with the various uh Elements of the state to to say, for example, you want to try a certain types of aircraft, or you want to try a certain kind of unmanned vehicles on the road or in the air. Uh, there's the Irish Aviation Authority. There's the Guardi. There's the you know very various even 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 on a marine level. You know dealing with even say the naval naval situation. Like, do you have um, you know? good working relationships with these various authorities or is there like do you need to get say certain permissions from say the Irish Aviation Authority in order to say fly certain types of vehicles like I mentioned they're unmanned vehicles I'm sure they haven't really been tried out yet in Ireland to any big degree or if any but to do so do you need to get some certain kind of permissions and how how open how amenable is that to you
1: yeah absolutely and like they're the, the, the likes of the Irish Aviation Authority they're they're, they're like a, they're the key stakeholder for for all of us you know in terms of how we work together but that's you know I have to say that there's a, a really strong willingness from these different organisations to to, to 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 help support this to move forward um, one because they they see you know I, I think part of it is they see where this where the 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 ball is going let's say you know where the you know the red legislation and regulation is coming in from the eu they need to understand how this is going to map into things like irish aerospace and things like that so we've had a great relationship uh working working with them to understand one we want to make sure that you know we we don't have any negative impact in terms of what we're trying to do but then also then how do we integrate some of the systems and now we had uh, i think you're, you know you mentioned the likes of collins aerospace we had a project that was recently awarded european funding and that's working with Collins Aerospace and Shannon Air Group, uh, Shannon Group and Shannon Airport, and and the IEA to understand how you manage uh, unmanned and manned traffic uh, in 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 the skies. Essentially, because essentially you really want to be able to, you know, know all the obstacles that are up there and do it in a safe way and not interfere with current air traffic. But at the same time, you don't want to just basically say these are the only objects that can ever be in the sky because that's 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 not really where this is going so the management of that is really key it's a it's a, a really interesting problem to solve and you need to have the all the stakeholders at every level on board otherwise there's no point and that's a great thing about all the international people that we companies that come to visit us and they're looking to set up uh, uh here in ireland they they really see that as a uh, the, the the lack of that barrier is is really uh, enticing for them to to have that
0: because in a way in a way i mean okay you're located at channel so you're right beside the airport but you're also right beside the sea as well there's a there's a seaport nearby as well but the interesting thing is generally our skies are generally uncomplicated on, on, on we're not like um, and we're also I think this was also a great thing for spectrum management in the early days of, of mobile as well because we don't have the same I suppose concentration of countries and you know borders that say you'd have in Europe and stuff like that so but I would imagine though our anywhere about 100 feet above our heads in, in 20 years time could be a very busy place if you think about Mano Aero delivering takeaways or me getting to work in my unmanned vehicle <laughs> in the air you know uh, it could be a very busy place but then again every one of these machines will also have software sensors and ways of talking to each other you know that that's really what the core of it is isn't it to make sure like, all these these machines that are either on our roads, on our sea, in the air they're not going to collide with each other they can, they can talk to each other. Yeah it's
1: it's about being able to, the vehicles to be able to sense and avoid safely and you know also the communication of that and the management of that and, and, and you know there's going to be a piece where you know you, you talk about like no one really probably wants millions of objects flying around in the sky or anything like that. So it's, you know, it's, it's, it's carefully balancing that managing it. You know, there's a lot of good things you can do, like, you know, things like, especially, especially where we're based, because, you know, we, we do have a lot of good infrastructure around us, but then we have like, you know, there's, there's a lot of rural areas around here. And like you things, things like the Aran Islands and stuff like that. How do you serve those communities in a way they're never going to get the infrastructure, that that the, the major cities get they're never going to get the train lines or all the additional motorways and stuff like that right so can we use some of this technology to serve that you know from from medical deliveries and even things like the 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 eVTOL or, or air taxis are they're called they're called an air taxi for a reason one is essentially that they can you know they basically the price per mile to deliver the person is is comparable to sort of taxi type rates you know it's it's it's, it's a cheaper price per mile where you know you can do that journey from from Shannon to the Aran Islands in like 25 minutes or whatever it takes. And it, 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 it works that way. It's it's, it's It, it democratises uh, travel for people. And that, that's really important too.
0: Well, that, that's the thing. I mean, I, I think the, the future is exciting. And I think if, often we think of our limitations, like crazy decisions Ireland made, like say in the 40s and 50s to get rid of a lot of railway lines, for example, that have driven people crazy um, to, you know, you know, we, we we see situations where people are complaining about how slow the trains are, but then again, when you look at the, the the possibilities here, you can overleap a lot of the things we don't have by by creating the the structure for the new technologies to come in and maybe put us in 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 the front pole position.
1: Yeah, exactly, and, and like you like you know, I think what COVID taught us, and you know, is that you know we suddenly now everyone wants. A lot of people want to work from home, and how how we live and work has completely changed now. So, the, 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 which is which is great, right? But the problem is, if you take a city like London, um, where you know loads of people just moved out, you've the, the the transport agencies there have invested billions and billions of pounds to set the transport system up a certain way to handle all these millions of people coming in and out of cities, and then you have people now just not wanting to use those systems anymore because they're they're not interacting with them. So the system now has got left behind. So how do we do we just then is the answer always just to go back to the old plan and go, I need this, I need this. Let's put another road in here. Or can we look at it in a different way? Because people are probably going to keep moving around the place. We'll have, you know, you'll get these new population densities in these rural areas or whatever that you never expected. And how do we serve that? We don't want to then just put in. You know, spend twenty years, you know, petitioning for a rail line somewhere where it probably never, never makes sense. And yeah, it's it is still a real pity though that we tore up all the rail the rail lines like eighty years ago. Uh, ago. it's still crazy to think about
0: that. I know. I, I just think about when, when I'm in, when I'm sitting in traffic an hour outside the city. Uh, I do I do wonder. And but then you know, it's in all those frustrations that there is perhaps hope as well. And you know, and I think it'd be great to see us take a lead lead in the future of transport. And I, I think you guys are really well well set up to do it.
1: Yeah, I, I think so. And again, we just see ourselves as an enabler. That's that's purely why we're here. I, I think, to be honest, my when when Rasim and I kind of got started this, it was really just a kind of that idea of like, let's just build an ecosystem here and, and kind of see what happens. And, you know, there'll, there'll be some good things that come out of it. And that's kind of what's driven us on. And, you know, the great thing is most people that we talk to are kind of like, yeah, I, they, they get it uh, too. Um, and they 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 want to help, and we just you know that's that's been really important. It's just made our we wouldn't be able to get this far without, without all of that support.
0: Well, listen, thanks so much, Russell, for your time. That's great. I can't wait now to see what you guys come up with and uh, what gets developed at the Future Mobility Campus. Uh, I remember at the time two years ago meeting you guys, and at the time you were both work for Land, Jaguar Land Rover, and it was just an idea but it's great to see two years now it's 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 open running and uh who knows what's going to come out of it but i hopefully uh you know those those uh, self-driving cars those air taxis who knows maybe it all began in ireland
1: yeah exactly look just watch this space we're really excited it's gonna be great